Good morning, New Village Church. Um, I'm filled already <laughs> between uh, those songs and the worship. Thank you, Stephanie, David. Um, the truth in those words, the richness of who Christ is and the gospel that saved us is incredible. Thank you. Um, Darla and Robbie, um, serving the church sacrificially, appreciate you being here today, and Brother Carl. Um, it's good to be here today, as uh, David said, with everything that's going on uh, in this world. I pray this morning that this message would be an encouragement uh, to us, that we would stay focused on Christ and who He is and what He means to us and the Gospel that saved us and the contentment and the peace that we can have through that knowing that we are God's children and He is with us all the way through this and He will guard and protect us and He will even use something like this for His glory and our good. So good morning, please open your Bibles to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13. The title of this message is, Living Victorious in Christ, Living Victorious in Christ. So I would ask you to please find a quiet place where you are for the reading of God's Word, Philippians 4. Verses 10 through 13. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In anything, in every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. May God bless the reading and hearing of His Holy Word. In the past, we have worked through Philippians 4, verses 1-9, through 9, and now we come to a place where the Apostle Paul targets this critical issue of living a victorious life in Christ as he draws this letter to the Philippians to a close. Let us do a quick summary of verses 1-9, through nine, and take a look at these imperative commands given to us by the Apostle Paul to help us learn how to live a spiritually strong and stable life. In these verses, verses 1-9, through nine, we see what spiritual strength looks like in the life of a believer. So let me read through them as we review this passage of Scripture. And I'm just going to read through verses 1-9. through nine. Therefore, my beloved brethren, 
whom I long to see, my joy and crown. In this way stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. I urge Odia and I urge Syntyche to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, true companion, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, If there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. In verses 2 through 3, we see a believer is resolved to live in harmony with other brothers and sisters in Christ. We spoke of the demand of the Gospel and how the Gospel demands us as believers to extend grace and mercy, forgiveness, always seeking reconciliation with other Christians and whenever possible, Christian unity. In verses 4, A believer determines to respond to life's circumstances with joy. Looking through the circumstances and the sufferings and the trials in life. Keeping our eyes on Jesus Christ with all the promises we have in God's Word. In verse 5, a believer makes it their ambition to be known for a gentle spirit. This is the transforming effect of the Gospel of Jesus Christ in our lives. The new heart. The new identity that we have in Christ. Verse 6 and 7 teaches us a believer talks to God about everything. There is intimacy with Christ. There is fellowship with Christ as we walk day to day in the Spirit of God. In verse 8, a believer chooses to think about the right things. We guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus and the things of God as we go into spiritual battle every day of our lives with the sword and the shield and the truth of God's Word. In verse 9, A believer constantly chooses to meditate on God's Word. This is our daily bread. As God instructs us and directs us and corrects us and sanctifies us through His Word more and more into the image of Jesus Christ, His Son. 
If you would like to hear these sermons from Philippians chapter 4, verses 1-9, through 9, you can find them on, on our website. The title of the sermon series was A Work of Spiritual Maturity and Stability, Parts 1, 2, and 3. Now after these imperative commands, we move from verse 9, which Paul said, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Then we move into verses 10 through 13, where Paul takes us from instruction to an example of life. He takes us from the things we have learned to an example of living a victorious life in Jesus Christ. With all the fullness of joy, contentment, and humility in our Christian lives. So let us look into verses 10-13 through 13 this morning, drawing out the context in verses 10-12, through 12, <clears throat> and looking into these verses for living a victorious life in Christ in verse 13. The Apostle Paul makes this powerful statement in verse 13, and I know we all know this verse. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Now, I don't believe any of us who are in Christ need to enter into a fuller experience, a realization of what is promised here in this verse. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. This is one of the most staggering statements found in the Bible. By this statement, Paul is boldly declaring that he can do everything within the will of God as God enables him to do. There is no false humility here on Paul's part. Paul is not dropping his head having a defeated attitude. He is not walking around and saying there is nothing else he can do right. He is not saying there is nothing he can do to the work of God that has already enabled him to do. No, Paul is confident here. He is positive. He is upbeat. He's speaking in a victorious way. We can hear this in his voice as he writes this verse. And yet, his confidence is not in himself, but in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is not bragging on himself when he says, I can do all things. He is in reality rejoicing in the Lord. He is boasting in the all-sufficient grace that comes from Jesus Christ alone. And what is so amazing concerning this verse is that we might assume that Paul must be at a point in his life where he is conquering the world, overcoming every obstacle in his way. However, the very opposite is true circumstantially. As Paul writes this, he finds himself in prison in the imperial city of Rome. He is chained to Roman guards day and night. And as Paul is awaiting trial, and the outcome is unclear, as we've seen in chapter 1, his life is hanging in the balance. 
This confinement in a Roman prison takes place over a two-year period. This is not a weekend in prison and then you're released. This is two long, hard years for the Apostle Paul, who was a strong, active force for the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Everything in Paul's circumstances spelled defeat. However, as Paul writes this letter, and writes this verse that we are focusing on this Lord's Day, it is in, instead a victorious message. And again, if we didn't know Paul's circumstances here in this letter, we would assume Paul is sitting very well off instead of the midst, in the midst of all this kind of suffering and painful treatment. And in the midst of such difficult circumstances, we see this kind of unmovable faith that I know each one of us wants in our Christian lives. Each one of us must be making this text our own personal testimony. This is what you and I must be saying in our walk with Christ today and every day forward. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We need this kind of victorious attitude in the midst of all our circumstances in life. So let us look at verse 13. And may the Holy Spirit help us to understand what Paul is telling us and consider this verse and how it should impact our lives. I want to put forth three point, main points as we work through this text. First point, if you're writing an outline. I want you to see the victorious ability. The victorious ability. This verse begins with quite a claim. As Paul says, I can do all things. The emphasis is on the all things. As Paul writes this verse, these two words, all things, are in reality one word in the original Greek, which he wrote, and it appears in the very beginning of this verse. This verse really reads in the original language, all things I can do. Now, I, as I've studied this verse, these words are in the emphatic position, which means... It draws attention. It underscores that which is the main point Paul is making here. And it is all things I can do. Paul is not merely saying there are some things I can do. He is not saying there are a few things I can do. What he is saying is I can do all things. Now that obviously needs explanation. When Paul says, I can do all things, that means I can do all things that God calls me to do as I rely on His grace. I can do all things within the will of God as He strengthens me. And whenever, whenever Paul stepped outside the will of God, just like you and me, we're on our own. 
You see, Paul wasn't a perfect man. And he knew apart from Christ, he would not be able to say, I can do all things. Right? John 15.5, right? says, apart from Christ, we can do nothing. You see, there is a restriction here. And the restriction is, as long as I do all things that please God, that magnify the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, I can do all things. You see, Paul couldn't, could not do all things within his own sinful flesh, operating within his own strength. But in Christ, he had a victorious ability. Now let's look at the context of this passage. All things in this text are defined and described in the previous two verses. Remember, somebody taught me that used to mentor me in Scripture. Context is king. And what immediately goes before verse 13 is the context found in verses 11 and 12. So let's read it again uh, with new insight. Paul writes, Not that I speak from want, for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. Verse 12, I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. Then immediately after that, he makes this statement, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We see very clearly here that what verse 13 is, is the answer to the secret in verse 12. And the secret is living with contentment, found in verse 11. When he says, I have learned to be content, the word content here means self-sufficiency. And we understand here that Paul is not saying he was self-sufficient. But what he is saying is that he has adequate resources in the Lord, and he has the sufficiency of the Lord Jesus Christ that he can be content in whatever circumstances he finds himself in. And I hope and pray you and I could say the same. As he talks about his circumstances, we know that in a general way what they were. He was in prison. But really, he is opening up the story of his Christian life and expressing two opposite extremes. When he says in verse 12, humble means and prosperity, those are the bookends, if you will, to his Christian life. And what is implied is everything in between. From going from one circumstance to finding himself in another circumstance as God is sanctifying him sanctifying him through his missionary journeys, and through the entirety of his Christian life. What Paul is saying is, in every circumstance, when my needs are being met, and when it appears circumstantially, my needs are not being met. When I have surplus, 
or when I have shortage, when I have feast or when I have famine, whatever the circumstances He says, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. And when He says in this context, all things, He is referring to being content within His own heart where God has placed Him and trusting God to enable Him to glorify Him in the manner in which He is content. And I want to read that again. And when Paul says in this context, all things, he is referring to being content within our own hearts where God has placed us and trusting God to enable us to glorify Him in the manner in which we are content. Look at it again. He says, I can do all things. The word I speaks to how personal this was for the Apostle Paul. And every one of us here today needs to be able to say I. Then he says can. And we learned in school the difference between can and may, right? May is a word of permission. May I go to the bathroom, I used to say in second grade, asking permission. And I could still hear my second grade teacher saying, yes, you may, Mr. Massaro. But, but the word can is a word of ability. It's a word of power. And Paul says, I can do all things. Now we will come to this truth at the end of this verse, but, but I want to say there is a supernatural God-given ability and strength that is given to the Apostle Paul as he is living his Christian life that enables him to say, I can do all things. I also want to bring to your attention this word do. The focus here is on Paul what? Doing. Paul, this is not passive here. As the focus is on Paul's activities. It is on Paul's doing. It is upon Paul's works, if you will. The verb to do here in this text is to be strong. To have strength. To have power. In order to what? To do something. And Paul is saying, I can do this. I can endure this. I can persevere through this. I can rejoice in this. And I can find peace through this. I hope we can say that through this virus and through this epidemic. That we can endure this. That we can persevere through this. That we can find a way to rejoice through this. And know peace through this. I also want you to see this verb can do is in the present tense. And what Paul is saying is, I can always do all things. Not when the circumstances are favorable to me, but no matter what the circumstances are, I can always do all things that honor and glorify God within God's sovereign will for my life. No matter how difficult the situation, no matter how difficult the trial, 
no matter how defeating the circumstances may be, nevertheless, Paul is saying, I can, by the grace of God, rise above it. I can do all things God calls me to do. What a glorious testimony Paul is giving us. Paul's example to the church is intended to be offered as a promise vicariously and can be embraced in our own Christian lives. Every one of us here today needs a can-do attitude. We need to put aside negativity and the whispers of Satan's defeating words in our ears, condemning us, accusing us, and live victoriously in Christ. Romans 8.1 says, there is, Therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So often we beat ourselves down. And it doesn't glorify and honor God. Remember, God is glorified in our battles. And when we say, I can do all things, again, we're not bragging upon ourselves. We're bragging on the power and the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the power of His Gospel in our lives. So today, I trust that this is a challenge to us. I trust this is an encouragement to us. That we can put ourselves into this verse and say no matter what's going on in my life, I can do all things within the will of God which honors and pleases God and brings glory to His Son, Jesus Christ, in our lives. At times we may say, Steve, I could never say that. Well, that's a good place to begin, but not a good place to end. We need to move past that and say, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Now secondly, my second point on your outline, I want you to see the narrow access. We have as children of God. First we've seen the victorious ability and how wide that ability in Christ is as children of God. And now we see in this verse how suddenly this ability narrows. It goes from broad to narrow, as wide as all things God calls us to do, and now there is a narrow access to this ability. We see in this text a narrowness about it. Look at the next two words. It is a prepositional phrase. Through Him. And what Paul is claiming here is that this power does not originate in himself. He is not psyching himself up into some kind of state of mind to convince himself that he can do all things within his own strength. But what Paul is saying is that this victorious ability is coming through a narrow access. 
It is coming through the Lord Jesus Christ alone. This is clearly speaking of the all-sufficiency of Jesus Christ in the believer's life. And please note, there is nothing after Him. This does not say all things through Him plus something else. It's not Jesus and anything or anybody else. If you have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have everything. Ephesians 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And if you don't have Christ in your life, and you're not looking to Christ, and trusting in Christ, then there's a disconnect between you and the vast resources we have in Him. You see, this victorious ability becomes living and active as we live in vital union and close relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the narrow access. It is only through Jesus Christ. This power, this strength is found in the life of worshiping God, having fellowship with God's people, Obedience to God's Word. Trusting in the all-sufficiency of our resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ, in our lives. It is all through Him. This preposition, through, in the Greek can be translated in, and probably some of you have that in your translation. As to say, Jesus is the source of our strength. And if we translate this through Him, it is saying that Jesus is the mediation of this strength we find in Him. But either way, whether in Him or through Him, it still finds its place where? In us. The only way that Paul can say, I can do all things, is through this prepositional phrase, through Him. It is only through Jesus Christ we can do all things. Please look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7-10. through 10. I want to use this as a parallel passage to support the truth that we have been looking at this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7-10. through 10. And I, I just want to stop there for a minute because... Um, the Lord spoke to me this morning about this. I uh, spoke to my heart through the Holy Spirit. Uh, I wanted to parallel this passage together, and uh, the last two weeks I've been working on this thorn in the flesh and the Apostle Paul. And, you know, I think uh, academically, I think contextually, all these things, I'm, I'm working on this, and I'm crossing my T's and dotting my I's. And then Friday night, right before I left work, I went to get out of my truck just the wrong way, and I, I uh, aggravated the um, disc in my back. And I, w I went down to the ground, and I'm still in a lot of pain, getting a little better. 
And besides just saying to myself, well, you know, that was really stupid, <laughs> trying to get something spiritually out of it. And I, I tell you, this morning I realized, you know, I'm, I'm reading this thorn in the flesh and I'm writing all this stuff, and I think God is telling me, Steve, this was a real pain. This was painful. You know, you can't just write about trials and temptations and sufferings that people are having without realizing how difficult and how painful it really is. And how desperately we need Christ in our lives. We need His strength. We need to be content in our circumstances. We need to rise above the things in our lives. Because many of us go through things that some of us could never imagine. And we're talking about finding joy and peace and rising above and being content. And it's not easy. But we have a supernatural strength. We have a supernatural Savior that invaded our heart and transformed us into a child of God with all the power and all the resources we have in Christ. So I just had to say that this morning. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7-10. through 10. There we discover that this is a repeated theme that runs through the New Testament. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, Paul talks about having a thorn in the flesh. This is far more difficult time for Paul than even being chained in prison. Paul experiences a very painful, Satan-sent thorn in the flesh, which has been sent under the sovereignty of God to cripple and crush the Apostle Paul so that he will be a more effective instrument in the hands of God. The Apostle Paul says in verse 7, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason to keep me from exalting myself, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Please note, it wasn't because of sin in Paul's life. And it wasn't because of disobedience either that this thorn in the flesh came to him. No, it was because God revealed so much truth to the Apostle Paul to keep Paul walking in humility God, working through Satan, brings this thorn in the flesh. Let's continue, verse 7. A messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Verse 8. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that I, it might leave me. Verse 9. And He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. And what I believe Paul, God is telling Paul is, I will leave that thorn right there, Paul. And what you will discover is this grace that you preach, this grace that you proclaim, you will now experience the all-sufficiency of My grace firsthand. Let us continue in verse 9. Most gladly, therefore, 
I would rather boast about my weaknesses. Plural. So that the power of Christ, there it is, the power of Christ may dwell in me. And Paul's point here is, the weaker I am, the stronger I become. Because when I am weak, I do not operate in my own strength, but become totally dependent on the Lord Jesus Christ and find the power I need to get through my difficulties. Amen? (laughs) Verse 10. Therefore I am well content. There it is. The word from Philippians 4.11. Therefore I am well content in my weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties. Paul says I'm content with all of this exploding in my life. For Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The Lord is about this business in all our lives at one point or another. Keeping us weak so that His strength may surge in us. Sometimes it's a physical weakness or an issue. Sometimes it's a financial issue. Sometimes it's a relational issue. Sometimes it's a family issue. Sometimes it's an emotional issue. Or sometimes it's a spiritual issue. Whatever it is, the Lord has many different thorns in the flesh that He can use to accomplish His will in our lives. It is in these times of utter weakness and total dependence on God, this kind of humble posture that God's strength becomes very clear in our lives. A few years back, I went through probably the most difficult time in my life. And it, it, was, it was very difficult. And it was hurtful. And it was painful. And some days I didn't even know if I would get through the day. And through those times, I seen the Gospel more clearly than I have in my entire life. I've felt the love of God and His mercy and grace more than I ever have in my life. And I know there's a lot of amens going up and hands raised. This is how God works. This is how He makes Himself known to us in in very special ways. And I know we want them to go away real fast. And they're very difficult times. But in and through them, I can guarantee you that God is working in us to make us more like His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. No matter what the trials or difficulties you and I may find ourselves in, through or in Him, we can experience this power and His strength to endure our sufferings. You may say today, you have no idea how weak I am, Steve. Well, you're in the perfect place. Because the weaker you are, the greater the strength and the grace the Lord will supply in your life. 
This is what He is teaching us here today in His Word. The key is for us to be in close union with Christ. For us to walk closely with Him. Fellowship intimately with Him. To abide constantly in Him. And to live in obedience to Him. Remember when Paul said, to live is Christ and to die is gain. This is the narrow access for strength in our lives as we would follow Christ. And now third and finally, I want you to see the glorious effect. Point three in your outline, the glorious effect. Christ is having such an effect on the Apostle Paul. Christ is strengthening Paul. He's enabling Paul. He's upholding Paul in this most difficult time in his life. So notice the last three words in verse 13 as we pay careful attention to every word in this text. He says, I can do all things through Him. And now here are these three words. Who strengthens Me? The who here is the Him, the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, who strengthens me? This word strengthens is a very vivid word. This verb comes into our language as the English word dynamite. In other words, this is an explosive strength. An extraordinary strength. A dynamic strength. This is the type of explosive effect Jesus was having in the life of the Apostle Paul. This word strengthens, if you notice, is in the present tense. I learned more English putting this sermon together than I have, I think, in school. This is, a very, in, this is very important to us, this present tense. Because whether it's tonight, or next week, next month, or next year, it's always in the present tense. And Jesus is always strengthening us. Jesus is always infusing His strength into us. He is the one who is upholding us as we live through the difficulties and the struggles of our lives. This is not a one-time strengthening. This is the sanctifying effect that Jesus Christ has on those who put their faith and trust in Him. And as we spend time in God's Word and in fellowship with His people and in close communion with Him, He strengthens us. You can't have that without those things. This word, me, again, we see how personal this was to Paul. He says, who strengthens me? You see, the Christian life is not just a philosophy. It's not just a world view. It's not just a teaching that we take up and try to practice. It is that, but it's something infinitely more. The very essence of the Christian life, according to the New Testament teachings everywhere in Scripture, is that this mighty power of Jesus Christ enters into us. It is a supernatural life. It is the life of Christ that enters into us and strengthens us as we follow Christ with our lives. This strengthening causes us to be content 
in difficult circumstances. It causes us to be victorious in the face of doubt and hardship. Paul says, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. May we find great joy and contentment in all our circumstances, living victorious in Christ for His glory and our good. May we experience gratitude and thankfulness in our own circumstances, knowing that God is for us and He loves us and He is working in and through our circumstances in life for His glory and for the glory of His name to conform us into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ.